Welcome to this week's Deep Dive. This week we have amazing participants who have kindly jumped on because our topic this week was disaster preparation. And so I went straight to the top and I've gotten Joanne Lance, who's the president and CEO of Geiger. I've gotten Jeff Letterer, who's the president of Primeline. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. We're thrilled to be here, Kate. Oh, perfect, because it's not a, not a fun or easy topic, but uh, it's, it's a big topic and it's on everyone's mind right now. So yeah, so what we kind of covered this week was disaster prep, like what do you do, how do you communicate, and it's this weird moment in our industry and so many industries out there of what do we do, how do we communicate this, what do we, like how cautious do we be? So with communications for both of your companies, how have you kind of tread that line between, okay, this is what we're doing, between being cautious or not cautious enough or alarmist or too reactionary? Like how have you kind of figured out and sort of brought together a message to send out to your customers and clients? Sure. Jeff, do you want to go first? Sure, happy, happy to. So what we did is we sent out a message to the industry, um, a, a joint prime and Alpha Broder message and talked about uh, what we were experiencing both from a supply chain perspective and, and what we were doing for our employees both domestically and overseas. And we uh, were very clear and, and upfront about what we were experiencing from either delays or how we were proactive with the situation with, with our vendors and with our employees. We then followed that up with an internal message to our employees with frequently asked questions, concerns they might have, they worrying about whether they can touch a product that was imported from China, how to manage customers if they ask about that and that sort of thing. Awesome. And did, what sort of response did you get for it? Was just, yeah. I think people were just generally concerned about how to react. We were getting calls from customers, as you might imagine. We were getting customers, uh, customer service reps asking questions that came from the customer. We were getting employees and warehouse people asking questions and they felt really comfortable that we were communicating and making them feel at ease. We gave them all the information that we knew. We gave them links. We, you know, we, we had a policy for travel. And so it just made people have a sigh of relief based on us just understanding what was going on and giving them whatever information we had at the time that we have. And it's still kind of unfolding now, right? Yeah, everything's changing. So Joanne, what did you kind of do for communicating with your team and your clients? Well, and first in January, when uh, we first learned about this, we started weekly communications primarily, primarily, primarily about the supply chain issue as well as Chinese New Year. And that's a normal communication in terms of Chinese New Year is coming up. Uh, we're hearing that there may be some supply chain delays uh, check inventories, and we focused in that area. In February, that's when we activated our uh, disaster preparedness team. We have a team and a plan, and we've actually had a plan going back since 2010 when the old H1N1 virus came up. And uh, uh, as part of our disaster recovery plan, every two years that plan has been uh, updated. So we pulled up our, our preparedness plan, and on a weekly basis, via a company email, which is our weekly newsletter, and a video and a letter we communicate to our employees, our sales partners, in terms of what we're learning and what we have triggered 
for preparedness. Uh, we've triggered a complete uh, communication tree via text, email, on how to communicate with people should they should we should they not work in the office. We've set up the possibilities of sending every employee uh, to work at home if we need to. Uh, we are sending weekly videos out uh, in terms of making it personal and answering the weekly questions that are coming up. And uh, we've put out our travel advisory in terms of where we're going. And more importantly, we're also starting to communicate out to our visitors, some of who are from vendors and hotspots in terms of what our policy is for entering our building um, so that we can prepare and protect our employees. Wow, so you've been prepared for a long time now. And, uh, well, I think, I think going back in 2010, that's the first time we ever thought about pandemic planning. And now it's, uh, we were working and pulling the old plans and yeah. they've been yeah. a great foundation. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's just important to, as I was say, it's important to make sure. I mean, you have, they and we have people, salespeople that are traveling and others are traveling and just making sure that they know that we're, we're not having any international travel, making sure that they know that only very essential domestic travel and at their own, at their own, um, you know, if they have a concern about it, we're, we're very easy going and basically ha giving them information and links to either videos or websites for, to the CDC and just that will give them an informed approach about what's going on because we don't want to presume that we know all the answers, but at least we can be the ones feeding the information and as it, certainly as it relates to their work environment. Yeah, so a lot is kind of, you both of you mentioned travel and, and this is an industry that can have a lot of travel in it. Like I was talking to a supplier rep recently and she said that she travels almost 40 weeks a year. You know, you're, I'm still seeing people who are at power meetings and EMAs and everything else. So, and even I know the amount of people who are just showing up at offices. So. Joe, Joanne, you kind of mentioned like, what is your policy that for that? And what do you kind of communicate beforehand? And, or even like, have you canceled travel or told people to just kind of, or when do you reach that stage? Uh, all of the above. Yeah. We uh, canceled our trip to Asia early on and we don't have any travel at all to Asia. Uh, there is, we've limited as of today, out of country travel. Uh, till April 15th. So any trips that were scheduled for out of the country and both from the UK office going to different countries as well as for our offices here in the US, no more out of country travel up to April 15th. Uh, and around April 1st, we will then assess it going beyond that date. Uh, for employees that are traveling to what's called hotspots, uh, we're limiting uh, those hotspots. And those hotspots change every day and they're, they're being added uh, obviously with Washington State in the Renton area and in the Kirkland area, that's now considered a hotspot. So we're limiting travel there. Finally, uh, we're looking at whether it's essential travel or not. Uh, so for some individuals going to a large conference, that's not considered essential. Uh, versus a uh, uh, scheduled meeting with a customer uh, that is still required, not in the hotspot, that is uh, still on. We have, though, Kate, had a lot of questions about employees who are traveling on cruises or out of the country on vacation. And so for uh, the next inter uh, a period of time, 
Uh, we're asking those employees to work at home uh, when they return uh, from anywhere between a seven and 14 day period, depending on where they are. And so it's not just business travel that you have to pay attention to, it's personal travel as well. Yeah, and we experienced the same exact, I mean, you guys are so on top of it at Geiger. We, we see the same thing. We have the, the business travel, but people are going on vacation. How do you manage that? We mm-hmm. can't tell them what to do, but certainly from a work standpoint, we can ask them to, to stay at home where, where it's appropriate. Exactly. You know, exactly. the other thing that we find is that, that people are, you know, we've had phone calls where people are worried about touching a product that says made in China, and we had to give people uh-huh. guidelines. And we went to the CDC to get some uh, actual feedback on that. And they have something on their website that talks about how it's safe to, to touch products coming from China, especially the fact that we've had tons of inventory in a warehouse already for, for months. But even, even if it takes a week or so, that they're very comfortable with it, not anything transferring onto the human from a package or a product made in China. So we had we had customers that asked about that, but we also had factory workers that were asking about it. And so it's just very important that we communicate all the information that we know at any time. Yeah, no, it's I've definitely noticed the landscape kind of changing out there. Like we're a domestic supplier. It's like everything's made here in Canada. And like the rise of people asking, like, what of your products are made in Canada? All of them. But I can and I, but I've also received email blasts from other distributors saying, like, give us a list of what's made in North America, like give us like non hotspot kind of things. And, and so obviously that's going out to their, their seller, like their salespeople and everything else. So, so what, um, so, but that kind of changes the way you communicate on certain things. So have, what tools have you kind of already established or reestablished for staff that now no longer are on the road and seeing salespeople or now working from home, like sort of Technology is amazing that way in terms of face-to-face communication, but what kind of, have you done anything different or adapted in any way for this? Well, Kate, you, you know, you actually uh, uh, raised a number of issues in that statement. Uh, some clients want to buy uh, made in North America products because there is, uh, even though we can assure them that the products that are coming in from China are safe. And as Jess, Jeff uh, shared with the CDC, they've said that there there's, little, virtually little to no likelihood you're going to catch the coronavirus from an item that has gone through Alpha Broda Prime. Uh, they still want to buy made in North America. And so we have a tool on our email signature, which uh, is a virtual catalog of products that are available in non-Asian sources or non, I can't use the word non-imported sources, but for me, Canada feels just much like U.S. in so many ways. We're so close to Canada. We're another state. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right of the state. But in terms of tools, this video conferencing that you have, that we're doing right now, is a sample of a tool. And we'll do video conferences with uh, 10, 12, 15 people. And we use that as a matter of business. Uh, we did invest in some additional uh, phones and an additional uh, technology pieces in case we have to support 100 people or 200 people uh, with a, an, an overnight having to work from home. So that way we'll make sure that they have the tools available if they don't normally work with a laptop uh, to be able to connect. And then the text messaging tree, those were put in place uh, more for uh, other security reasons if we had to communicate with everyone. 
and for some reason the internet was down or that type of thing, that's already in place as well. So we have an ability to like to uh, to con connect with individuals that way. How about you, Jeff? Smart. Yeah. So we're not necessarily changing the behavior yet, other than people work from home. Uh, mm -hmm. They're gonna do video conferences certainly, but I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's that big of a uh, an approach just yet. And I don't. I think what's happening though is we're gonna start to see more and more of that as conferences get canceled, which is what's happening right now. Many conferences are canceled through in the U.S. through April and May. Major conferences from end users, and so promotional product buying habits have the chance to change and we have to understand what's going on with that watch the orders as they come in and see what products they're buying and then manage the expectations from there and then try to gear it towards maybe mailing of products rather than receiving them uh, in at a trade show or a convention or a meeting and it's going to change the way we probably sell more than how we sell whether it's on on meetings like this you raise a good point, Jeff. We just pushed out a, um, an e-flyer electronic uh, communication. Uh, so as we hear of clients who are considering canceling an event, they still have to reach their constituents. So we're, we're using promotional products. Here's a way that you can still be personal and reach those individuals that you were planning on meeting face-to-face -face at your event. So it becomes a communication tool. And uh, that's been a way to address these meetings that are postponed or canceled uh, and how we can help them. At the same yeah. time, there are certain markets that are picking up because of uh, more and more individuals staying at home. Uh, companies like Peloton or uh, delivery companies, packaging companies. Uh, there's uh, obviously a huge push for companies who hand or distribute uh, antiseptic products. So there's new markets that open up uh, at the same time. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, the hand, the hand sanitizer craze is like the next fidget mm -hmm. spinner, for, at least for right now. Unfortunately, it's a, <laughs> it, in a, a much more difficult and, and challenging situation that, that has mm -hmm. health, health, health uh, problems and risks. So, but that said, it, it certainly. Uh, there, there are, there is opportunity, but no one wants to be opportunistic in, in a case like this where, you know, we have um, employees in, in China, we have uh, customers that are in certain states that are more hot spots. I mean, that's the most important thing that we have to all think about. It's not how we go to market, but the, the welfare of, of the, of our friends in and around this industry. Yeah, there's so much to worry about. And you don't want to be the person being like, thank God I forecasted a pandemic, guys, where our like, hand sanitizer stocks going up. But yeah, it, yeah, it's true is that, you know, this is affecting so many people in so many different ways. It affects their yeah. livelihood. If, yeah. uh, if you're working for an airline and in your case, if you, uh, you're an airline employee and your routes are cut back, uh, this affects your livelihood. Same for individuals who uh, worked at uh, a large stadium and events are canceled. It affects their livelihood as well. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and it, it creates fear. I mean, people, even my family, I mean, they're my, my kids, they're, they're worried if I travel right now, which I'm not traveling. Uh, I had a couple trips actually canceled and, and they're worried. And so we just have a job. I mean, fortunately, I'm in a position where I, I'm exposed to 
some a lot of facts and I have to understand what's going on and I can explain it to them. But there's a lot of people that don't know and it's fear-based. And I think that's what's what's happening in the country. And so my job is obviously to educate my family first, but then my employees and customers. I think that's the, the second stage of, of making sure that everyone's really informed. Yeah, no, it's... And, yeah. and we keep them safe. We have to keep them safe as well. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question about this, and this has been on my mind as a supplier, is, and you both have production aspects to your businesses. What are you doing about planning for production? I mean, it's easy to tell salespeople and non-essential staff to kind of stay at home, but when you have people whose jobs are literally are an hourly or you know their job is outputting product how are you kind of adapting or preparing for that that's really a jeff question because of the nature of his firm yeah so right now there's two factors that are going to affect our production and or the employees and their livelihood one is the supply chain the products coming in and the two is the revenue and the products and orders coming in. Right now, there's a very little impact on the supply chain today uh, that is impacting our ability to service and produce those orders. But certainly as time goes on and as the slowdown in China, we're coming back from Chinese New Year and workers not coming back to, to work as quickly, there's going to be a bit of a a slowdown with the supply chain as we have it probably by about 30 days or so um, and so there might be a little bit of a slowdown but I don't think that's going to impact it I think because we have such in our case such deep inventories but I think what could have a bigger impact is a slowdown in people buying promotional products in general because the conferences uh, people are cutting back airlines aren't doing well travel companies aren't doing well i mean right now it's affecting them and so it's going to affect the buying in a month and two months and three months certainly for the next quarter or so and what we would do we would just do what we would do at any time that we have any types of increase or decrease in production times we have to just you know change hours a little bit we have to just communicate with them we have to do whatever we can to keep the, the machine going but do it in a very safe and responsible way. I think communication, as you said, Jeff, is the most important thing because the more we can keep our individuals affiliated with our businesses, uh, connect with them in terms of what the sales status is, what the status is in terms of the business, uh, the better we are so that they understand and nothing catches them by surprise. Yeah. And it's a fluid thing. So how do you know how often and when to communicate with customers, employees, mm. cust uh, uh, vendors? It's hard. But I guess the message is communicate as much and as often as you can, because especially in something that's fluid like this, it can only help. Yeah. Transparency always is the best solution for these things. And yeah, well, I want to thank you so much for both of you for taking time out of your day to kind of chat with me on this. And um, thank you for being so transparent and open about what you and your companies are doing. We really appreciate it. So uh, where can we find you on the internet for this? <laughs> well, you can always find me at Geiger.com. Jay Lance at yeah, Geiger.com. Yeah. And you, you can always find me at uh, Primeline or AlphaBroder.com and Jay Letterer at Primeline.com. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you. thank you again to our sponsors, Maple Ridge Farms, for making this happen. We really appreciate it. And everyone remember, uh, not all our conversations are on disaster preparation, but join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific for promo chat. Take care.